Welcome to the Akashic Reading Podcast, presented by AkashicReading.com, the place where you can learn to access your soul's wisdom, or at least stop digging the hole any deeper. I'm your host, Terry Uktena, and today we'll be discussing how using the Akashics can enhance your personal and professional divination and healing practices. For the general populace and professional readers alike, divination tools hold endless fascination. The depth of meaning to be explored in the lines and dots of the I Ching, the hash marks of Futhark, which are used on runestones, the codified journey of the fool as represented in the major arcana of the tarot all draw us in. Used for divination, for exploration of current events or personal meditation, each tool creates a framework which allows us to see our interconnectedness to the world around us. They allow us a glimpse of how our choices and decisions set things into motion in our lives for better or for worse. Okay, they can also tell us whether or not we should go on that trip with the boss, whether or not going out with her or him is a good idea, and if we have a chance to win the lottery, which is part of the fun too. However, what keeps the general populace from jumping in and learning these tools for themselves is the complexity of learning the symbols, their individual meanings, and their meanings in relationship with each other. In fact, the art of reading these symbols comes into play in how one sees the relationship of the symbols. Some readers can see the combinations as new symbols with their own meaning, and are able to relate this overall message to the client. For example, with the I Ching, the sticks can be read as they have fallen, or the moving lines can be converted to their opposite, which can show the outcome of actions indicated in the original reading. On the other hand, Tarot not only has 78 cards, four suits plus court cards, plus the major arcana, the artist may also choose to create artwork for every single card, or pick a simple symbol for each of the suit cards. They may choose to add other symbols to the card, such as astrological signs, Hebrew letters, and runes as they feel there is correspondence between their meanings and the card. Plus, each artist has their own interpretation of the card, and their art influences how it can be read. Hence, a gothic deck will read a bit differently than Hello Kitty, some of the cutest tarot cards around. Professionals get to know their tools, whether this is one particular set of runes, cards, and sticks, or whether it's a number of variations in one particular area of expertise. They do so not only through practice and personal use, but also, for many, through meditation with individual symbols within the toolset. Some pull one tarot card a day early in the morning and allow it to be the guide for all of their activity. In this way, they experience it fully in all aspects of their lives, or in as many as they live through during those 24 hours. Others pick one symbol to represent the week or the month and allow it to color their experience during this period of time, somewhat like a walking meditation with a guided focus. But there are many ways to get to know them, including books, classes online and in person, apps and websites, and even classes on daily own. And all of them are valuable, and no one is better than any other. I started reading tarot cards by using a very generic book, 
looking at the definitions and figuring it out using my friends as guinea pigs. Each of us finds our own way. Using the Akashics is another way one can explore these tools. The Akashics holds information on everything quite literally and therefore has extensive information on divination tools as well. And this information can be readily accessed in two different ways. One is through the Akashic Library. There are books on each symbol and librarians well versed in their usage and meaning. So you can ask a librarian to bring you a book on the card or rune and then read about it. And by reading, I mean like Alice in Wonderland. You may be pulled into the book, shown viscerally the meaning of the symbol, see live-action events which play out its meaning in all of its complexity, see graphs and charts concerning its connection to other symbols or beings or structures, and so much more. And you can access this information at any time, which is good because sometimes a little bit of such study will do you in any given day or week. The other way to access the information is to go to the place in the Akashics which represents that symbol. Whatever best represents the card or stick or rune, whether it be a river, an orchard, a cliff, a room, a building, or wide expanse of sea, each of these places exists in the Akashics, and each is accessible by anyone willing to go there. This is how students of Kabbalah study the various Sephiroth, by journeying to their own place in the Akashics and experiencing them holistically at the soul level, because nothing is quite as educational as personal experience. So if you want to learn a divination tool, consider spending some quality time with it or with individual symbols from it. The wisdom of each can be unfolded through Akashic meditation and then manifest it into your personal life and practice through creative meditation. Creative meditation is the merging of art or crafting with meditation, or what is called spiritual art. It's a means of moving beyond passive reception of information about a symbol and beginning to actively participate with it in embodied life. This is the concept behind the color your own tarot card sets, instructions on how to build labyrinths, and kits for making your own rune sets. It's not just that having created your own puts your energy into that particular item, but that the act of manifestation, of creation, creates an intimacy with the symbols, with the tools that is unparalleled. Creative meditation enters us into relationship with the materials, interconnecting us with them, thereby allowing us to see as deeply into ourselves as we're able to see into others and the universe through divination. In my own work with the Kabbalah, I chose to include creative meditation by creating the Tree of Life. There are two common ways for people to do so. One is to draw it on paper or canvas. The other is to draw it or build it on painter's canvas to huge scale somewhat like transportable labyrinths which can be assembled in or outdoors or unrolled if they are all one piece, a tree of life can be painted so that each sephiroth is big enough to stand on and the paths between them can be walked. I like the idea of having something that can be walked or interacted with in this way, and that's transportable, but I have no interest in storing or maintaining a huge tree of life canvas 
that would most of the time sit in my garage gathering dirt. So my creative meditation began with the question, if not those, then what? What would be something I could make with my resources and skill set that would allow me to work with the tree of life in the way I wanted to through the creation process, and ongoing once the creating was complete? What came to me was making a quilt. Applique of each sephirot and path while using my cross-stitching skills to put the Hebrew for each sephirot on them. From the moment I realized this is what I would do, the meditation process unfolded organically. I spent time designing the stitching patterns for the Hebrew letters and putting them together into the names of each sephira. I went to the fabric store and found some of the fabrics I'll be using. Part of the process was discovering what symbolism I wanted to incorporate into the design and how that would be represented in fabric. This required that I buy some fabric online, since what I needed wasn't locally available, and that I even have one piece designed and created, since what I needed did not even exist. In each choice, each action is part of the meditation, bringing me a better knowing of the tree of life and of myself. Each piece is infused not only with my understanding of the sephirah, but the Akashic energy which I connect to when I work with them. This imbues the work with its own life force, its own beingness, and connects it with all other representations of the tree of life. In each step, it is Akasha manifested into the world and a conduit for Akashic wisdom. The work is still in progress, but in the end I should have a queen-sized bedspread that can be used for meditation in a multitude of ways. At least that's the plan. We'll see how it goes. Like all meditation, the path is rarely straight, and the end is rarely where you thought it would be. While divination tools have been around for centuries, each of us comes to them in our own unique way, with our own perspectives, while new aspects of them are being discovered and rediscovered every day. And even if you don't read professionally, and many knowledgeable and skillful readers don't, Getting better insight into these tools not only provides you more information about the world around you, it brings you more wisdom about yourself. Following the thread of manifesting and embodying Akasha, there are any number of ways the Akashics can be used for healing. And all kinds of things can be healed through accessing resources in the Akashics. In fact, accessing the Akashics consciously for any reason provides healing throughout the contact simply because of its nature, or ours, depending on how you look at it. Being in physical body is not our natural state. The Akashics is where we reside when not embodied. It's home. Connecting with it reminds us, on all levels of our being, what it is to be who we truly are, which in itself is healing. The process is somewhat like yoga, in that it reawakens our body, mind, heart to their perfected state. Experiencing this can be more or less strenuous in a stretch, depending on what shape we're in at any given moment. Beyond its passive healing nature, the Akashics can be consciously utilized for healing. The most common way people do this is through working to heal the mind. We don't often think of it as healing, but questions which keep us stuck, questions we can't resolve, things we need to change but don't know how, these can be seen as something which needs to be healed. 
whether through working with a mentor or Akashic Master, with our teacher or guides, our soul book or other texts in the Akashic Library, we can relieve our mind of the problem by finding a solution and developing a plan of action. The Akashics can provide profound emotional healing through a variety of means. It can provide safe space for us to work through trauma or grief, to tie up loose ends, reconnect with loved ones, come to an understanding of an emotional event, or find the overarching meaning of repeated patterns. It can help us understand the why, learn what we are and are not responsible for in any given relationship, and look at the lessons we are meant to learn. It can help us release no longer necessary emotions, help us experience ourselves more positively, and support us in our becoming more of who we are and are meant to be. These types of healing sometimes come through working with a person's soul book, but more often happen through working with a healer, an animal guide, a teacher, or a guide. These beings are dedicated to our well-being. They love us and seek to support us fully to the best of their ability and are always available at any time. Physical healing is available through the Akashics as long as one understands that this type of healing is not like taking a pill or waving a magic wand. The healing the Akashics provides is about helping us grow and become, helping us heal into a more perfected state. And this applies to physical health as well. The body is not a separate thing from the mind, emotions, soul. Once entered into an embodied life, a soul is fully integrated into the body and it becomes a partner and support to the soul in fulfilling its path and goals for this life. The body therefore works in concert with the other three aspects of being to provide support, messaging, lessons, relief, and much more. Therefore, illness and injury should not be seen solely as a physical thing. While sometimes a cigar is just a cigar, many times it can be multiple things and have layers of meaning. The Akashics can help a person decipher the messages, the lessons to be learned, the patterns which are being repeated, and once understood or learned, the body can begin to heal, to release the message, to return to its perfected state. This may or may not be automatic. It may be that the person needs to act consciously in partnership with the Akashics to successfully heal, and this may take time and come in stages but healing can take place and be complete. Many times, all of these types of healing happen in concert, as we are not formed of separate aspects working independently of each other. I work with clients who are in need of healing and provide them with Akashic healing practices, which allow them to heal in all these aspects at a very deep level. The one thing I point out is the healing will go quickly, deeply, and effectively, in direct proportion to how much effort they put into the process. If they work at it daily and follow through on what they discover or learn about the situation, they will get amazing results and unfold aspects of themselves and their path which they never realized existed. The Akashics has vast fields of wisdom and amazing gifts which are accessible to each of us. Healing can be a starting point which allows us to reach our full potential and take advantage of the many wonders available in this life.
And that's all the time we have this week. Next time, we'll be looking at Akashic contracts and practical aspects of karma. If you're interested in knowing more, check out my website, akashicreading.com. Thanks. Bye.